0: This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: That was a tough one. Christian Fisher referencing $300 tickets. Ouch. Which team writes the biggest revenue-sharing check to the Arizona Coyotes? Oof. His team gets that large check. The Maple Leafs Spiff, the biggest one. Coming up on the program today, Doug Armstrong is going to stop by at the bottom of the hour. He is, of course, a general manager of the St. Louis Blues, who have played exactly... One game so far. In the NHL. They will play two this week. They'll play uh, tomorrow. We'll see them back in action. Uh, at uh, at uh, On Sunday, they will have played three. Now, next week, they have four games, so they'll start to catch up. But a really light schedule will start off for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, but they are so far perfect 1-0 and after beating the Columbus Blue Jackets. Also, Dallas Stars head coach Peter DeBoer will stop by. Uh, I want to get into a lot of things. We'll talk about the Dallas Stars. We'll talk about how he coaches. And I want to get into a conversation about Tom Webster and how for Peter DeBoer, a lot of the roads of his career lead back to his former junior coach, the late, great Tom Webster. Uh, Anthony Stewart will be aboard an hour or two from the NHL on Sportsnet. But joining us now, who, well, I guess technically he's in New York to cover the Board of Governors meeting, but I have a hard time believing he's not going to find his way to the Yankees-Guardians game at some point this afternoon. He is Elliot Friedman. He joins me now. How are you, Friedman?
0: I'm not even going to try to hide it. I openly ask... One of the representatives of this fine network of how much trouble I would get in if I blew off the board of governors and went to go watch Yankees Guardians. Like I, I think I think you reach a point, Jeff, where you just realize you have to be brazen. Don't hide, don't hide what you're yeah. thinking. Come right out. Say what happens if I blow this up? How you doing? Yeah, sure. I'm just starting to God, yo. Um, so, I, I, what would happen if I act? More oh, uh, uh, oh, is all good if I actually blew off the game and went to go watch the Yankees. But I think I'd
1: get in trouble. Are you uh, in the process right now of getting celebs spotted in New York City, Elliot?
0: Just, uh, I think he's a Bruins fan. Well, I think he's wearing a Bruins suit. Someone just saw me so stuff. Yeah.
1: So I know you carry a bunch of 5 by 7s and a Sharpie around. Is he getting an autograph?
0: You know, I have to say, in my head, the worst thing I was thinking was, The worst thing that happens is it happens while I'm on the phone with you. Like I, I know this is not going to be (laughs) survivable.
1: All right, let's get to uh, let's get to a couple of things. I mentioned off the top uh, the Arizona-Toronto game last night, and you know this is now inside of you know inside of one week. You know, game one against the Montreal Canadiens. Sheldon Keefe talked about not being prepared. Uh, Yesterday after the game, he went after his top guys. You know, this is three one-goal games and then a shocker at the hands of the Arizona Coyotes, a team that's not designed to win, let's just say, Elliot. Um, It's always hot in Toronto uh, around this team, but has it hit a fevered pitch yet? Because fans are certainly upset, and everyone here is asking questions. What is wrong with the Maple Leafs?
0: Yeah, if global warming definitely exists in Toronto. It is warmer now than it should be at this time of year for a lot of reasons. I, yeah. you know, we so on our podcast this week we talked about some hot seats, right? Lindy Roth and yeah, and uh, and uh, Bruce Boudreau and you know we 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 both poured water on cold water on DJ Smith, but we don't think that that's anywhere near a big issue at this point in time. But I had someone reach out to me who said he found that conversation to be ghoulish. And I said, you know, what's what's the issue? And he said, um, you know, I, I don't think you should be talking about that five days into the season. I think it's way too soon. And I said, you know what, I, I completely get your point. And to be honest, I don't like talking about that stuff. But you go where the story takes you. You, you couldn't uh, help but notice in those situations that there are some things here you have to be aware of been a good conversation about it and you know I don't yeah. like to overreact to anything two or three days into the season four games into the season a weekend of the season or whatever but you kind of hit on something key there is that sometimes you just have to go where the story goes and take your cues from those who are actually there and I think the way that you know the comments that Sheldon Keith has had after two losses so far have really stood out you know after game one um, you know, he went hard at them. And after last night, he went hard at them. And to me, actually, the the thing that uh, stood out was not so much that he said the elite players aren't there yet or they're not in rhythm yet because that can happen early in the season. The thing that stood out to me was he basically said that they should have killed Arizona. And, I mean, you know how I feel about this kind of thing, that we we say people in hockey are too boring so when they give us a beyond blunt quote, we have to say, hey, we can't rip them for being boring and then rip them for actually saying what they think. I, I think like the boldness of that quote really stood out to me. It wasn't just that our best players aren't there yet. It's basically that we should light up the Coyotes, which any fan would say a lot of media members would say, but it's very rare that a coach comes right out and says, we had no business losing this game to this team.
1: Did you not look at those first two periods though and say the Maple Leafs have no business uh essentially doing what they did in the third period? Like those those first two periods by the Maple Leafs, like someone yeah, someone wrote very... to texted me last night when they, when the game was on and it was it was I've never seen a team who hasn't had any playoff success skate so i'm paraphrasing this text uh, uh uh skate so arrogantly against a team that they believe is inferior and i'm like you know what you kind of got a point like it, no, it was almost as if, if the maple leafs showed up at the game last night thinking like wow we're just going to we're just going to show up and arizona's going to hand us two points
0: yeah it's it's absolutely true you're completely right you know what i thought about watching that game last night that was a night where you needed a Wayne Simmons or a Kyle Clifford just to run over somebody. Yeah, and, and you know, again, I don't want to turn this into a whole question about roster construction or philosophy or anything like that. I'm really not interested in that. I was just watching that and saying, you need somebody who's going to wake you up and, and take you into this game. And that was, you know, and that was a game last night where. Like it, when if you have a Simmons on the roster, you're hoping that he does something. Like you heard Austin Matthews the other day when Simmons was called up, or was I think it was Matthews who said like we love the guy. Like that's the game where you're hoping yeah. that there's somebody on your roster who, like you know, to be honest, like uh, there are people like Obey Kubel, Aston Reese, they could have done something like that. It it needed someone to say, okay, I'm gonna do something a little rambunctious here. Just to drag us into the fight a little bit,
1: and that was concerning mm. to me too. Uh, an emotionless first, uh, first two periods. Okay. The other area of concern. This one uh, took place in Washington. Uh, the Capitals beat the Vancouver Canucks, and for the third time in as many games, the Washington Capitals or uh, the Vancouver Canucks, rather, squander a lead and end up losing the game. Afterwards, um, there's a players-only meeting. Uh, there's a reference uh, that Bruce Boudreaux agreed with to be a team being mentally weak and everyone sort of grabbed that ball and, and, and ran with and run with it. Um, your thoughts on what we saw with the Canucks yesterday and the, the subsequent comments from Bruce Boudreaux?
0: See, I didn't think it was as bad as most people do. Uh, I saw, you know, I saw the clip on the Tim and Friends, I saw the headline on the Tim and Friends tweet about we're mentally fragile now. And then I I stayed to watch Ken Ivanka because I wanted to see the whole scrum. And you know when you when you listen to it all out, it's not that bad. Like he says, yes, we're mentally fragile right now, but he talks about it like I don't think he's ripping his team. I think he's saying yes, we're mentally fragile now because everything's going wrong and the moment something goes wrong it turns into an avalanche of problems. I don't think he's ripping his team. Now, I realize I'm kind of pissing against the wind right now because this has turned into a thing, but that's, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it, Jeff. Is I, I think he was answering mm-hmm. a question honestly, and I know mentally fragile it turns into a thing, but I don't think he was insulting his players. I think he was just agreeing with the question and saying, yeah, we're yeah. in we're in a really bad spot right now.
1: The Vancouver Canucks get a chance to turn it around tonight. They face off against the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, but a text that I got from someone on another team yesterday was was quite blunt about it and this person just said to me, uh, is anyone in Vancouver calling Adidas to order a new coaching track suit? And I said, I I don't know. They don't have, you know, they don't have William yet. They don't have the I know it's it's tough after 3 games, but Where do you think Boudreaux now stands in the
0: organization? I think it's a challenge. I do, Jeff. I mean, look, you know, the Canucks, there was a very awkward dance between the Canucks and Boudreaux in the offseason. His return was not as smooth as it could or should have been. And so, you know, the the thing is, the the thing is, like, I I really feel, Jeff, like I was talking about this yesterday after the pod drops. Like, if you make a coaching change right now, it's a total failure. It is a total failure on everybody's behalf. By all, if you're if you're making a change, and there have been some early times, You're a Philadelphia of in Philadelphia. Joel Quenneville replaced Dennis Savard in Chicago very quickly. Like, you might as well have done it in the off season if you're making the change now. But, um, you know, like. So it's a failure if you're doing that at this point in time. However, however, I think you're kind of in a situation right now where you're worried this season's going to get away from you, and you also know that the relationship between Boudreau and management was a bit tenuous. So I just think you have to be aware of the possibility. That's all. I think it's – like I said, I think it's, it's – I think if you're, if you're firing a coach now – it's it's a massive failure on anyone involved, and everyone involved. But I think because of the dynamic, you have to be aware of it. Also, I just want to say about that game last night. I can't believe that Kuznetsov baseball swing was only a two minute minor. Like he could be hitting cleanup for the Guardians today.
1: Yeah. So he'll have a hearing. This is what Elliot's referencing is because not because so, not so for the baseball swing at Kyle Burroughs yesterday. I don't think he intended to hit him in the face, but the blade did. Now the, the, the worst one I ever saw. Uh, the, the worst one I ever saw was Alexander Peresjovgen and Garrett Stafford in the American oh Hockey League. That, that actually happened in Hamilton. That was awful. Yeah. It's quite a pull. Yeah, hey, you like that one? one? That was the worst one that I ever saw. That was not this, but still, I watched that and thought. How is this guy still in the game? Like I'm with you. I don't know how Kuznetsov is remaining in that game. Thankfully, uh, you know Burroughs, You know checked his lip and look, I got a little bit of trickle here, but thankfully he's okay. But I- I'm with you. I'm I'm surprised that Kuznetsov stayed in the game. I think we're I think we're looking to sit down here for him.
0: Oh yeah, he's like, you know it's very rare, very rare that you get a hearing and don't get a suspension, and you really and. I, like, I think one of them was last year. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but I think there was one last year or two years ago. But you, you're you not going to be able to talk your way out of that one. Uh, you know, that's – yeah. He's getting. I agree with you. He's getting games for that one. They have to. And, you know, I can I, I understand the Canucks being a little bit perturbed because of, you know, Quinn Hughes in game one and there was another one against Philly. And now this one, even though at least got a penalty, you've got to be saying is an open yeah. season on our guys. Like, come on.
1: Um, you know, I should have asked you at the top. Um, what do we expect out of this bog, or is this just a quickie? Hey, here's a, here's a time and temp on the season from the commissioner.
0: Well, I think uh, like, I, I think that what you do is you expect that, like the one at the beginning of the year, is not usually a big one. You know, for one thing, it's only an afternoon. It starts after lunch and it ends before dinner. It's not like the big ones in you know, say December, we go to a nice resort for a couple of days, and all the reporters stab each other yeah. trying to be the one to cover it from each different uh, outlet. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, this is this is a quick in and out. It's generally like a lot of it's generally a state of the union. This is what we're expecting from the league this year. This is what we're expecting in terms of, in terms of revenues. Uh, this is what we're expecting in terms of the cap. As as we've talked about, Jeff, they gave some. Estimates the teams in the off season about what they might be working with, but I think that you know we'll get some better information today. You hope um, so. It, it, it tends to be, as someone said to me, it tends to be a very vanilla meeting. Now we'll see if there's anything else that comes out of here that we talk about that turns out to be bigger than we expected. But I know in some cases there's some owners who don't even come to this one. Uh, so, I, I, like I said, I'm not expecting fireworks, although. I have been
1: surprised before. Uh, we shall see. So, floor is yours on you this one. There are a number of interesting games Square, last by night. Can
0: you tell them walking through By the way, can you tell I'm
1: walking through Times Yeah. Well, Square? we've we've we we've, we've, we've kind of heard it the uh, the ambient sound in the background for the last ten minutes. But that's okay. The the honking <laughs> of horns and the people yelling and screaming kind of is kind of a giveaway around noon in Manhattan. Um, I just want so some atmosphere from for last job, night. That's all. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I I appreciate that. I know, trust me. I uh, I appreciate the symphony in the background. Um, a couple of things from last night. Detroit, LA was really interesting. Dylan Larkin with maybe the play of the nights on on Victor Arvidsson. Spectacular. You know that that got them the point. Uh, Dallas looked real good against Winnipeg. Again, Dallas looks excellent to start. Uh, Sagan scores his first of the season. Um, thought the Rangers, again, were great. Zbigniew again, great. Artemi Panarin, yep. again, great. From anything else last night, well, we should maybe Montreal and, and Pittsburgh as well. Caden Gooley on Sidney Crosby. Yep. Uh, what else caught your eye last night around the league?
0: Uh, well, I think you named uh, some of it. Uh, you kind of wanted to see if Dallas was for real, and, and, and they looked really good. Um, I, I think the Rangers continue to, like, the Rangers look like they're going to be able to score a time. And uh, Anaheim yeah. is not always the, the best judge, because they're growing, even though they've got a good goalie. You know, the, the, I think the thing that you didn't mention that stands out to me, and I think it stands out to a lot of people, are the Wild. You know, 20 goals against games. Oh, boy, the goaltending.
1: The goaltending, yeah. man. The goaltending you know, just
0: again. You see now why Bill Guerin was so determined to try to keep Fleury and Talbot together, right? Like, that was his plan, and he yeah. wanted it so badly, and obviously that wasn't for Cam Talbot, so it's why it didn't happen. But, I, you know, the 20 goals against in three games from a team that I think is generally very good and could win the Stanley Cup this year, you have to be concerned about that if, if you're the wild. Um, that's, you know, that's a big number. I, I think the other thing, too, is that the other team you didn't mention that uh, I, I've been very impressed with the start of the season is the Bruins. Like, we were all thinking that the Bruins were going to hang on for dear life in the beginning of the season, and they were going to wait until everybody got healthy. And now look at where they are. They, they, they've won three times. Um, You know, that Panthers team was 2-0 going in. Uh, I I think Uh, the Bruins are sending a message that they're going to do a lot more than just hang on.
1: Tough for Florida. Aaron Ekblad leaves the game in the second period. Good for the Boston Bruins. Jake DeBrusque Elliott with a pair of goals. And if he can stay hot, that's great. That uh, the uh, the checkmate line, uh, if they can stay hot and grooving, that's awesome as well. Uh, I know it's tough with the Carlo injury. I mean, that's the thing about the Boston Bruins, like they really do seem to have right now and all the great teams have. We think about Tampa last year in the playoffs. They have that next man up mentality. Like that's that's the Bruins right now with and I think I think a lot of it is credit to Jim Montgomery, and that's not a knock on Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy's got a perfect team right now as well. We're going to get to yeah. that in a second, but Montgomery's done a really good job here when he was faced with, you know, no McAvoy, no Brad Marchand, no Matt Grislick, now no Brandon Carlo. I think you got to hand it to the Bruins and you got to hand it to Jim Montgomery, who I think we we were too quick to forget was, you know, he's a really good coach in the NHL. Yeah, he, he is a
0: really good coach. I think it's also just it's a it's a really mature team, and it's a team that's not going to make excuses. It's a, it's a team that's going to – like, like they, we've talked about this before with guys like Chard Bergeron. When you're new and you go into that organization, the demands are going to be high, but you're going to be embraced. And, you know, one of the things we talk yeah. a lot about in coaching right now, Jeff, is how do you walk the line between being demanding but still being accepting? And the Bruins seem pretty good at walking that line as an organization with those players especially. You know, you're here. We expect a lot out of here. But we're going to give you the tools and the environment where you can be successful. And, uh, I mean, it's still early. We'll see where this all goes. But uh, I really like what I've seen from them. By the way, I wanted to mention, we were talking about that big Detroit line and and, how one of the nicknames is the Redwoods. Apparently, yeah, Mickey Mickey Redmond is calling them the Tresome. That's excellent as well. I, I think that Redwoods is good, but I think I like threesome more.
1: I kind of like them both. Like I hope they just become interchangeable. Like, why does one line just have to have one nickname? I'm, I'm happy to go with both on those. Good job, uh, Mickey Redmond. So, a couple of things. Tonight, uh, a couple of intriguing games. One, probably yeah. for the wrong reasons, and that's New Jersey and Anaheim. Uh, the yeah. Ducks coming off a tough loss against the Rangers last night. Uh, and the other, and we've been, you know, waiting for this one for a while. Also, you know, Vancouver and Columbus is a big one for Boudreaux and company there. Yeah. But, Vegas and Calgary tonight, you know, there's going to, one team's going to have an L uh, tonight after this game. Your thoughts on what we're going to see tonight between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Calgary Flames easily, yeah, the most uh, anticipated game on the calendar
0: today? You know, the thing about Calgary is they have a chance to play. They have a chance to open up their season with Colorado, Edmonton, and Vegas and go 3-0. Yep. That would be massive. That would be absolutely massive if they were able to do that. So that's number one. Number two, I've really been impressed by Vegas. I I think they've been tremendous. You know, what someone pointed out to me, and I didn't realize it, is that the home team, in in, in a league where, in theory, it's supposed to be easier to win at home, the the home team generally doesn't have a ton of a lot there. Like, that's a serious, that's a matchup where the road team is done very well. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to this one tonight. And, and the thing is, too, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Markstrom, too. Like, I, I don't think you can have any problem with Sutter's plan, plan and Vladar getting the game the other night. I think you have to be a good teammate and say, I get it. But I think on some level, you're probably a little bit annoyed. You're saying, you know what, I, I kind of wanted that game. The way the playoffs went the other night, um, you're sitting there and you're going, I, I, or last year, you would have wanted that game. And you didn't get it, and you can't be a problem about it, but you're probably sitting there and saying, the next time we play Edmonton, I, I think I kind of want that one. Yeah. So I'm curious to see him yeah. tonight.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll be at home as well. I think that was Calgary's lone trip to Edmonton yes, this season. I think those two games are both uh, are, are both in Calgary, so he would uh, he would get them at home. I, I was a little bit surprised at that one too. I thought, I mean, what did we talk about in the summer with Markstrom? You know, he's got the, the Edmonton Kryptonite like okay yes. let's let, let's get him right back in let's get him right back in there throwing off the horse get right back on i was i was a little surprised at that one too the other thing about tonight's game is and you've watched vegas you watched the three games last week eichel looks really good and i had bruce cassidy on yesterday and the one player that he referenced Vis-a-vis Jack Eichel. And he's never going to turn Jack Eichel into a sulky Trophy winner. Let's, let's get that out of the way quickly. But yeah. he said, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I, I coached and I watched with Patrice Bergeron that I'm talking to Jack Eichel about. And that can only obviously make Jack Eichel a better number one center.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, too, like I'll tell you one story about Eichel. Um, I remember the year, the year the season got cut short due to COVID, March 2020. Uh, I thought was his best year. And at the time, I would go on radio with Fred Grave and Andrew Peters every, every week, and they would always say to me, who are you voting for the heart? Are you voting for Eichel? And unfortunately, Buffalo just sagged that year, so he, he kept on going down and down my ballot, and those two guys would just kill me on a weekly basis about how terrible my vote was. <laughs> but I, I remembered uh. during, around that time, I had a chance to speak to Eichel, and I asked him about his year. And he said that he knew he had a good year because his dad told him he was really proud of the way he played on a two-way basis. And he said that my toughest critic is my dad. So that when he said to me I had a really good two-way year, I knew I actually did have a good two-way year.
1: That's an excellent one. We'll, uh, we'll see Eichel in action tonight as the Calgary Flames host the Vegas Golden Knights. Watch that one 9 o'clock Eastern starting on Sportsnet uh, West on 360 at the same time. It's the Oilers and Sabres earlier 7 o'clock Eastern. Um, we will see. That's four Pacific. The Columbus Blue Jackets hosting the Vancouver Canucks. Lots of intriguing matchups tonight uh, on the network. All right, we'll let you get back to uh, to Manhattan and the Guardians-Yankees game. I mean
0: the NHL
1: Board of Governors.
0: <laughs> the black the black cars are pulling up here, uh, Jeff. We're starting to see <laughs> real people enter.
1: Okay, very good. Document all of it for us and say hi to Kyle. All right.
0: Yeah. Take
1: care. Thanks very much, bud. There he is. Uh, Elliot Friedman in New York City for the Board of Governors, uh, alongside Cal uh, will be filing reports uh, for this evening. I don't expect anything, as Elliot mentioned, the early Board of Governors meeting isn't even attended by you know, all the owners. Uh, it's more of a, here's what we're looking at this season, here's where we're headed financially. You know, as I mentioned to Elliot, it's kind of a, what's the time, what's the temperature, and then the season takes over and the season becomes the season.